So here's a word of the Lord that started to edify and exhort and comfort. I know your children, the ones you have born and the ones you have adopted in me. I know your heart and your prayers. I hear. I decree that you will see what I have promised you. I decree that you will have a reward for your prayers, your love, and your faith. I decree hope to abound to all, and that my hope is exchanging your hopes that have been deferred. Hope again. See my hand move to fulfill my will in your children. Prophesy, glorify, and declare my words with joy. This is to be the year of Psalm 126. As I turn captivity back to the Lord, you will have joy and laughter as I return my children, whom I have called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, and whom my hand has formed and made. Your seeds of prayer sown and weeping are about to be harvested with rejoicing as you bring in the sheaves. The prayers of a mother avail much. Your prayers as a mother have availed. Receive my Holy Spirit into every son and daughter whom you have cared for and loved. Receive my salvation, healing, and deliverance. Praise me for my goodness and mercy and advance with faith. No one needs to know what I have told you. This is your faith I have come for because your faith has moved me. Today I do a new thing, and it shall spring forth and bear much fruit in the lives of those whom you care for and love. Well done. And I heard later, that was what I wrote and sent out, I have seen your tears, I have heard your prayers, receive my comfort, help, and my reward. So when I woke up this morning, and I have so much I could share, and I'm just going to pause and pray so we can hear how the Lord wants to do this. Lord, you're doing something that's extraordinary and on, on time, purposeful, sovereign, and yet also something that's merging with the cry of your people and the covenant you've made. We just receive your being present, Jesus, in the midst of us by the Holy Spirit. We receive your supplying the Holy Spirit and working miracles among us. We receive our sons and daughters coming alive and awakened to their faith they were given. We receive the faith that we've been given that came from our mother or, and to, from our grandmother. We receive the movement of the Spirit to comfort, to help, and to reward. And we thank you for what you're doing, and we welcome what you're doing now in the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I, I, I've never come to a Mother's Day that the whole week didn't just as, as exploded this entire week. Cammie and I have talked about so many of the mothers in the Bible back and forth, just sharing what we're hearing. And there, then this morning, the Lord gave me another mother that we totally left out because he didn't want it to, her to be remembered until today. So I don't know exactly how this is going to work out. So I'll just follow him. But here he says, we have to return. I heard we have to return the promises of God back to God and judge him faithful who promised. And stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief, but grow strong in our faith, giving glory, glorifying God, being fully persuaded he is able to perform what he promised. As Mary said, be it done to me according to your word. Jesus is so aware of mothers, he has one. And his love for mothers are demonstrated in his earth walk because it was his mother's faith that got him to the earth. Her faith, saying, be it done to me according to your word, opened her womb to receive the seed of God the Father, which was God the Son being placed in the womb to become the Son of Man, emptied himself, 
but it was God the Father that did the work, but it was Mary who said, be it done to me, I received this word. So it was the faith of Mary that brought Jesus. It was the faith of Mary that unlocked the ministry of Jesus in miracles. Because when Jesus, Mary, hosting a wedding or being very much involved inside a wedding that Jesus and his disciples had come to, came to Jesus and said, they ran out of wine. And he said, woman, what does that have to do with me? My time has not come. Well, she knew him well better than anyone else, so she just turned away from him and said to the attendant, do whatever he says. Because she understood that, that she had put a demand on her son of faith. She wasn't expecting him to run down to 7-Eleven and buy more wine. He was anticipating something, and truly he took and filled gallons upon gallons of gallons of water that all turned into wine, and the best wine that had been served the entire wedding. It was his last instructions that he gave in his ministry as he became the offering of sin on the cross when he looked upon John and said, or to Mary, I forget which first, but let's say to Mary, woman, behold your son. And to John, son, behold your mother. And he took care for her and set that in place as he was finishing his course. So mothers are dear to the Lord. Uh, but, you but the thing is, let me see if I got more thing to say. Oh, yes. This is also good. I just wish you could just read my notes. I wrote them. It was still dark, so not all of it's readable. Praise you, Jesus. Let's begin with comfort. When we are born into the kingdom and become a partaker of the faith, and have promise given, and especially mothers have promise over their children, promise over where they seek for things to happen. Those promises can be warred over and conflicted, and many times we end up looking at what we did or didn't do or should have done or could have done or didn't do. Promises unlock a hope that isn't the hope that will be fulfilled. It's just a natural hope. It's like if I we say to somebody, let's go on vacation or do this. We have an idea where it is, but rarely is it exactly what it, we thought it would be. Well, that, the kingdom is much more like that. See, the promises given are inheritance in Christ, and they were given before time began in Christ. And God foreknew us, and then he predestined us to be conformed into the likeness of his son. So the beautiful thing about promise is he gives them to us before we make the problems. <laughs> Let that sink in. The promise was given before we made the problem. We make the problem, God makes the promise. And God performs the promise, and we pretty good at performing the problem. Because there's none of us that are slackers in the kingdom. We all want to please our Father. We hear the voice of the Lord speak. He prophesies. He urges us. He gives us an unction. We say, yes, we agree. We underline our Bible. We begin to plan and prepare and work. And the flesh isn't involved in all that. And it never goes the right way. Plus, you're always dealing with another person's will. And they never go the right way. So you're, you're already in a quandary. And yet... He wants us to hear this word of comfort. In Christ, all of us have been received an inheritance, being predestined by Father according to the purpose of him, Father, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So when we said yes to the promise, that's how God's, he marked it, said they said yes, and I'll fulfill it. They'll make a lot of mess, but I already anticipated the mess, and the mess will become their message of how good and faithful I am, and there's no withdrawing. You could say, I believed, all, I, believed I was going to get married and I was 25, and God spoke to me about having a, a marriage that would be beautiful, and now I'm 50, and I'm not married. 
So what do I do? Judge him faithful. Call him a faithful God because you don't understand what's happening. But he, what he says isn't to accomplish what we think. It's to accomplish what he wills. Everything's done to the counsel of his will. And everything. So all our mistakes, sins of others, conflicts that have been, it's just all there. Now, the, the reason I want you, us to be able to hear that is that comfort comes when we are no longer carrying the burdens of grief and responsibility, and it's up to me, and oh, if this wouldn't and shouldn't. It's just when we start to go, Lord, you started something, you'll finish it, you'll complete it. I'm not going to get snagged by the delay. Like Abraham gets a promise, shares it with Sarai. Next thing you know, they got Hagar pregnant. That song we sang comes out of the promise that God spoke to Hagar when she was fleeing her mistress, Sarah, because she was mistreating Hagar because of this conflict that had already all of a sudden happened because of the flesh. And yet God sees Hagar. It's the first mother spoken to by God. And it just goes on and on. It's just, he just goes into, he's expecting messiness. He expects you to act out and act up and make mistakes. And, and he knows you will cover it all up with self-righteousness until it stinks. And then one day we'll cry out, help me. And then you'll come and help us. And we go, I don't know how you did all that. He go, well, I was, I'm God. I do good things. And I start something, I'll finish it. And if I initiate a promise, I count that as the beginning point for my completion. Did you read it, Numbers, this week? Numbers this week, it's in one of the chapters, not last, yesterday, two, three days ago, it, it, Moses was instructed by the Lord to mark the journey of Israel from Egypt to coming to the very last camp outside of the Jordan River for 40 years. And when you look at the word journey, it's, it's where it's the, he marked the beginning of every journey, the, the breaking camp. And A, the Lord was ministering to me when I'm, I'm, I wasn't even looking for this, just my daily reading, but then it's enlarging. And God said, I watched you when you said yes, and I accepted the yes is complete. I expected you to make a mess, but I now have already consummated the work because you said yes, because you believed. And that process is repeated over and over and over again till the later years of our life. We begin to say, if God said it, he'll accomplish it. I just say, agree. And it won't be up to me or up to someone else. And if you take what I was supposed to do, I won't worry about what happened because God knows what he's doing in the mix of all of that. It's just release, release, release. There's no protecting, no defending, no pro promoting. It's just, yes, Lord. So Mo David prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, he said, count my wanderings. Put my tears in a bottle. Are they not written in a book? Do you think the 40 years was not a punishment years? It was training years to discount, to disengage Israel from a slave's nation to a sonship, to learn to obey the, 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 the wind. It says every, he was to record the journey of Israel from the command of God. And the command of God is not a written law, it's the breath of God, which we understand was the fire over the tabernacle at night and the cloud that rested over the tabernacle. And as soon as the fire at night or the cloud that's the same spirit, one is for heat and light, the other is for cool and reprieve. And next thing you know, they move. They had to take the tabernacle down and take off. And then they had to stay as long as the fire for 40 years training to learn we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, out of the mouth. Oh, that's what we've been learning. So we need to release all regret. 
If you're willing, you can do it. We can, I, I believe to right now, God wants to take off all regret and would-haves and could-haves and should-haves and let us receive that God's inheritance is according to his purpose, that he does all things according to the counsel of his will. All things. So all things, not some things, not that, all things are inside the counsel of his will. Can you receive that? Let's stand up. If you receive, I just believe God wants to do a great work. He loves his mothers. He's releasing. And sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, would you come now in the name of Jesus because you're the administrator, the one who brings about, brings about the demonstration, who brings about the manifestation. Jesus, you're the one who commands the Spirit to move because you're the head of the church and you were given the promise of the Father. And you're the one who works miracles through the Spirit. So we're looking for a great work in the name of Jesus. So let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer, my Healer, my Helper, my Comforter, my Husband, my Redeemer, Jesus. Now I bring to you, Jesus, every regret, every sin, every offense, every shortcoming, every failure, all those memories that I wish to not remember, but can never get out of my mind. I bring them to you. I lay them at your feet. You bore them. You carry them away. So I now receive freedom. They're yours to deal with. They're yours. They're not mine. They're yours. They're yours. They happen under your watch, inside of your will. Something powerful's happening because being conformed to the image of the firstborn from the dead. I receive resurrection into life now just let him go you don't have to worry about what God will do with him he never tells you <laughs> but he always does a good thing with him once you let go of him Lord thank you thank you Holy Spirit comfort come comfort come comfort come Holy Spirit paracolito step into our journey come I receive you, Holy Spirit. The thing about Holy Spirit, first thing you notice, he's always full of hope. He's God of hope. Fills us with joy and peace. So why don't we just re let hope come up inside us? Smile. That's a good beginning. Smile. Anticipate. Look, up, look, look toward the things that you love and care for are going to be coming into the fullness that God gave them. No matter what we did or didn't do, God's bringing them into their fullness. Come on. I'm not talking about me. I don't have any means to help anybody. Like Cammie said, you know, we probably do the most damage to our own kids because we want so much for them to have the best. But Jesus is bigger and better and beautiful and powerful. And he's the redeemer. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. There you go. There you go. There you let him go. There you go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. When we... Um, I just... Oh, Lord. You are so good. When Mary Magdalene, which we don't know if she had, a, had any kids, we just know she had seven demons. I would like to be known in the Bible for that. But in any case, she could care less because they're all gone. <laughs> and she knew the one who drove them out. And she was in 
it beside herself because of Jesus' death, but now she went to the grave, and there he was empty, the, the tomb was empty, and, he, and the angels show up, and they say, Where are you, why are you search, looking for the, you know, who are you seeking? And he said, well, I'm seeking Jesus. If you tell me where he was, all of a sudden, behind her, she thinks the gardener. And as soon as she hears this gardener say, Mary, she flings with all her might and launches to her, his feet and grabs him with everything. And calls, Rabboni, Rabboni. And Jesus is having to say, you need to let me go, Mary. I came to comfort you, but I've got to still ascend. I haven't even got up to Father. But go tell all my disciples, I ascend to my God and your God, to my Father and your Father. Oh, he knows where we're going. He knows what we go through. He knows the testings that we endure. He knows the conflicts, the emotional. And he just says, whenever he meets us, he says, no, you, I, we're in a resurrected glorified, victorious place in me. I have ascended. Now I'm going to my God and your God. My Father, your Father. Just nothing to do with what we did. It's everything to do with what He's done. You've got, we have to remember this. And we let go of what we did so we can receive what He's done. So there they are. The uh, Syrophoenician woman. You probably know her. She's the one who had, like Cammy said, you know, I think every parent has this cry sometime to Jesus. Lord, help me. My daughter's severely possessed by a demon. I, I, and, and try to reach him through, through, the, through the Jewish covenant. Come, blessed are you. You know, son of David, have mercy on me. And he won't even answer them. He's out of, they're out of covenant. And then the disciples are complaining, don't make her leave. And she said, well, you, it's, I'm, I'm not here to, I was only sent to that lost tribe of Israel. She said, well, yeah, Lord, but help me. And just worshiped. And he said, well, it's not right for to give the children's bread to the dogs. And she didn't get offended. She got persistent. She pressed in. And I want to share something in a moment. It's coming strong in the spirit right now. She pressed in. She said, yes, Lord, that may be true. I'm a dog. But even the little puppies can get enough food off of the master's table from the crumbs that fall. And he looks at her. He said, woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you. Be it done to you. Be it done to you. And his daughter was made completely whole at that moment. That moment. She put a demand on him. She didn't put a demand on anyone else but the Lord Jesus. There is a faith that's being given to mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters, whoever will have it, whoever will take it. There's a faith being given to put a demand on Jesus to perform what he wants to accomplish in this moment in the people we love and care for. Where we will not say no. He may sound like he's saying no, we'll just press through. We won't get caught up in the argument. Let him call me a dog. It's my daughter I'm asking for help for, not my identity. I'm pressing through. So she was helped because she persisted and pressed through. In um, the story that was kept from me out of my memory, because, I mean, we're talking about every person that I can think of. There are so many mothers that have uh, just been key from Sarah, Hagar, Rebecca, uh, Rachel, everyone learning. Rachel, I can be made a point of, she's saying to Jacob, while her sister's rivalry, she's getting all the babies because she's trying to get got her husband to love her through having babies. And Rachel's getting, she goes to Jacob and says, give me kids or I'm going to die. And Jacob gets upset and says, what are you buying? I'm not God. And finally, God hears Rachel because she shifted her pushing her pressure on. No worries. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about some of us need to quit putting pressure on people. People are not your savior. 
People cannot help you. They can be a blessing with God, or God can use them as an instrument of frustration. So she finally got God's attention, and the Lord heard Rachel and opened her womb. So in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, I'm just going to, I don't know how, I'll go, I'll open my Bible so I'm there. But there's two stories at 2 Kings chapter 4. Oh, Lord. Ha, shoo, hoo, 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 hoo. You see, the reason people don't put demands on the Lord is because we usually don't put a demand on him. We command him to do something we want him to do the way we want it done. A demand is, Lord, I want you to get involved in here, and I don't know what in the world you're going to do, but I'm not leaving until you touch something. That's an old charismatic Pentecostal pressing in. I'm not here to tell you what to do. We, I'm not here to try to, you know, I'm not, here, I'm not here to make sure you perform your promise. That's why I ask, give me back my promises. If I made the promise, don't dictate to me how I fulfill it. That's called a nagging wife. And we are his wife, his bride. So he says, no, give it to, just give me the promise, and I will perform it, because I'm able, I'm faithful. So this woman in second, uh, is a widow, and she goes to Elijah and says, uh, you know my husband feared God. He's dead. And now the creditor's coming to take my two children sons and seize them as his slaves. That's back in the old day. If you couldn't pay your debt, you sold everything you had. It became whom you owed. If that wasn't enough, they took you and you became an indentured slave. In the Hebrew calendar, you had six years to do that and then you were to be free. But that was, that was within Israel. The rest of the world, just you became my property. And so Elijah says, well, what do you, what do you have? She says, well, I only got a little jar of oil. He said, well, go and gather as many vessels. Just go find as many vessels as you can. Don't get a few. Get a whole bunch of them, and then bring them into your house, and then shut the door and pour. And so she did. And as she poured, the, the, the one little jar of oil never emptied out. He just kept pouring out the oil and just kept filling jar after jar after jar after jar until finally the, she said, give me another jar. And they said, that was the last one. And the oil stops. The second woman, the Shunam, Shunammite, she's an insightful woman. Insightful. Because Elijah would pass through their city, and she understood he was a man of God. Look, I wanted to say to the ladies a moment ago, don't put demands on your husband to perform what only Jesus can do. And then I want to say a second thing to the, to the husbands. If you've got a God-fearing wife, thank her twice today. Because sometimes it takes a woman to see what a man can't yet discern. And if the two will agree, God doesn't care who gets it first. Just so long as they're in agreement. So she's, she says, you know, can we feed him? Would you mind if when he passes through? And, I'll just let... and so you say, yeah, yeah, I'm good. That's great. That sounds great. And then he said, why don't we build a little prophet's quarter on the, on the wall? Yeah, that's good. He wasn't getting the revelation, but he was aware that his wife was discerning something that was valuable. He understood. If I had listened to Cammie every time, she had said, I feel like the Lord's saying, I would not be here today. I'd be in a lot better place. But then I couldn't because I had to be proud and arrogant and the man of the house, and I do what I got to do, and I'm, only, I'm in charge. So she would just let me be dumb. <laughs> so, you know, that's just what happens. But, but, but men, be thankful if you've got a praying wife, a Bible-reading wife. You can maybe be lazy because she's not lazy. But it's okay as long as you're in agreement. I don't want to be a lazy believer because I then miss the moments of encounters that I could be having if I was to press in. Yesterday, I, had, I got up, and this is a story on the side, uh, had our grandson, oldest, and he went to go surfing, so that, and, he went, and so we went early. Cammie had the ladies uh, tea, so we were out, out in the water at 8, and uh, I just, yeah, just 
hour and a half or so, tired, get out, take him, we shower, he get, drop him off at his mom's, and then I want to go take a walk and be with the Lord, but I really actually wanted to go take a nap, is what I really wanted to do. But I just felt like, now it's my birthday and I really want to be with the Lord on this day. I always want to be with the Lord. It's my favorite thing I do all day. So I took my walk and was having a good conversation, having a place. I came to the place that I, 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 I pray and read my scriptures. And I was just, just in a disconnect. You know how you ever feel that? You're like, it's not like you're just on. It's not like you're off, but you're just not. The other day I'd taken a walk and God started the entire conversation. Today it was like, Gosh, I don't even feel like reading my Bible. And I'm two days behind. And I want to read both days. And so I'm just feeling that what everybody feels. Well, I just kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'd just be better just to be honest about how I am. And Bible is a Bible, but, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm in a... So I read a chapter, Matthew. Then I read another chapter. It felt, felt better. And then I went and, you know, finished Numbers like three chapters, and that was better. And I thought, well, I'm going to go home. And then I got up and got a few feet, and I went, and then I said, eh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and uh, get into uh, my done Revelation. Now I'm going to get in Numbers. And before I got home, I had done all of the Bible reading, and I was amazed. This really works. This really reframed my thinking, my emotions. My experience. I thought, why would I insist on being in a funk when I could just submit to the Bible and read it? But you see, funks can get to these kind of way where they just get so kind of convoluted. You think like, well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to read the Bible just because you tell me to read the Bible. You know, just stop. We get into funks. I, I've read the Bible before. I don't get anything out of it. It's just, but it's the, it, you don't have to get anything out of the Bible. Just read it. You feel better. So, uh, back to the story. The Shunammite recognizes a godly man, a prophet. They build a house. And one day, Elijah says, you know, what are we going to do for her? They've done so much for us. What are we going to do for her? And his servant says, well, you know, actually, she doesn't have any kids. And her husband's really old. And he said, we'll call her in. He says, what we're going to do, you've been so kind to us. This time next year, you're going to be embracing a child. She says, don't deceive me. Don't put me in. Don't, 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 don't do that. That's it. Word's been spoken. She's now pregnant very shortly. Baby's born. A young man, young boy's growing up. Maybe he's five, seven. I don't know. But he's out in the field with his dad. He gets this hemorrhaging headache. Just, <laughs> Father sends him back to his mother. He sits on her lap till he dies. I'm talking about putting a demand on the Lord. She looks at, uh, she puts him up in the prophet's bed. You have to always go back to the source of what God started, where you were, where you touched, he touched you, how he got. And she laid him on the bed. And she goes to her husband and says, Husband, can I, I, I want to go see the prophet. Can I get a donkey? She says, well, what's the, it's not the new moon, and it's not the Sabbath, it's not a feast. He says, is, is everything okay? She says, it's well. Faith of a mother. It's, well. She's on the way. She gets on the donkey. She says to the servant, just ride as hard as you can. Unless I tell you to slow down, don't slow down. On the way, the prophet looks from afar. Elijah sees the Shunammite on the donkey. says to his servant, Gedazai, go, go see what's up with her. And um, Check out. Is everything okay? Is, is it well? Is it well with you, your father, your, is your husband? How's everything? Is everything okay? And she says, it's well. As I heads back up, she comes to where Elijah is. She jumps off the donkey, leaps at his feet, grabs him with all she might. This was the source of where the origin of the, of the encounter happened. Everything goes back to its source. And she goes, did I tell you not to deceive me? Did I tell you don't do this to me. And he, he realizes what's happened. And he says to Gehazi, here, take my staff and head it back and lay it on the, on the child's body. She's just going, I'm not leaving you. I don't want your rod. I want you. We're not going anywhere. 
This is, we're here. We're locked in. This is the kind of thing you can only do by yourself. You can't ask a prayer group to pray for you to get that happen. They don't have that kind of authority. But a mother, a father who decides that something needs to shift because it's time that it shifts, and you're not going to live with it unshifting. And whether it takes all day, all night, throughout the next few nights, you're not going to let go because you're going to get a hold of the one who made the promise to perform the promise and to interrupt the problem that is taking over the promise and stop this nonsense. And people, they, she did this. Now, he goes in. Gehazi the, the, says, nope, nothing's working. He goes in and shuts the door. And the Lord spoke to me today. He said, you need to shut the door for your promise. Not f from your promise, but for your promise. Get alone. Get alone. Don't let others influence you. Don't look for the insight from the world or the church. You get in the, shut the door, open your Bible, close that place. Say, okay, God, here we are. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I don't even know what I'm supposed to hold on to. I don't even know where we are. I didn't even ask for this problem. I didn't even ask for the, the promise. I, I, here we are. Whoa, child about And you connect. You get to take a story from Peter when he went to Dorcas in, in Joppa. A woman who was a beautiful saint had died. And they put her up a room and they showed him all the beautiful things she had made. And he went into the room. He put them all out. You see, you got to put everybody out. Faith doesn't grow in crowds. It grows in hearts. Enough hearts believing can all of a sudden influence an atmosphere. But you don't get it from the atmosphere. The atmosphere comes from the hearts. So he puts them all out. Jesus put everybody out. Elijah put everybody out. Told the widow with her two sons, you get inside, lock everybody out. And he starts walking back and forth, he pacing. When Peter went into Dorcas, he put everybody out. It says he was praying. And then it says the most simplest words. And turning to the body, he said, arise. No faith in looking at the dead. Don't look at your problem and pray. Look at the, pro the promise maker. We worship him. We engage in our faith. He does, do you, beloved, every material matter is subject to his word. Every will of man is subject to his word. Every situation is subject to his word. One person engaged with God, agreeing upon God's word, unwilling to relent. God says, Let's deal with this now. And boom. Lays on him. Gets the body warm. Nothing's happening. Elijah. Elijah with the Shunammite's uh, son. Then he gets up again, prays. Then he goes back and lays on eyeball to eyeball, hand to hand. And all of a sudden the boy goes, sneezes seven times. <laughs> and so he hands her back to his mom. Oh, that's the power of faith of a woman or the faith that moves a man to faith, a faith of Elijah. But really, it was that, that Shunammite they're saying, I am not. I didn't ask for this. I'm not going to end here. It's going to undo this. And whoa, shakalebe. Jesus said to the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, great is your faith. 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 You won't leave me alone. Quit pestering everybody. Pester Jesus. Jesus, I am not letting you off the hook. Well, he's on, he's on the... He's already done it. But he's not going to do it the way you told him to or the way you thought it would be. And he's not going to do it when we carry all the regrets and, oh, Lord, can you just go back and undo what I did or what they did or what he did? No, he let it all happen. Now call resurrection. Now spike life. Now begin to say, God, I'm in vain. Oh, I'm here. And you're not, I don't need but a crumb. Some people, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm a privileged believer. I'd rather be a beggar and get a crumb with faith on it. My faith on it. 
I'd rather get down to the idea. Most, we go around and go, oh, God, I, I tried to serve you, and, and I had so many bad things happen, and then I got up to serve you again, and then even more bad things happened. And now it's just like everything's bad's happening. And like I read today in Deuteronomy, it goes, then you, and then you, you just brought us out to kill us. No, he didn't bring us out to kill us. He brought us out to save us, to bring us into the promise. Stand up, please, one more time, and then we'll... Ladies, you can pray in tongues any time and every time. There is nothing that God has promised that he is not going to perform. He has made himself self-committal. He never promises to make you feel better. He only promises to perform and transform us into his likeness through the process. So wherever we are in the process, he wants to now bring it to the next step, to the next place, to breakthrough, blexi. For some, it will break in. You will see it. You will see it demonstrated in the natural, and others you'll begin to live in it in the spirit. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Not only is he comes for help, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Problems make us seek God. Problems make us have to press through, get patience built into our faith. Problems are our contribution to God's promise. Praise you, Jesus. Everyone, just take a moment. Where are you in life and where is God? It's time to leave where we are and go where he is and press. Jesus. <laughs> this is best practice by yourself, but we're just doing it together to help us all get better at it. More, more, more. There's such ten there's tenacious faith in here that's gone dormant. If you had the Lord's ear, what would you ask him to do? You do have the Lord's ear. He wants to hear what you want him to do. I'm not performing. It's not a little magic trick. It's not a little misty moment. I'm talking about God doing for us individually what we put a demand on his son to accomplish. And not looking with our eyeballs to see if it happened. Just start to press, to press, and to pray. What would you say? Blind Bartimaeus knew what he wanted. I want to see. Rachel knew what she wanted. I need a kid. Sarah judged him faithful and said, if you're going to have, me, have a baby, then so you will. Whoa. What do you want the Lord to do? And again, we don't know how he's going to do it. And if you're blaming someone else, and if someone else has to change for you to have a miracle, forget it. The only person that has to have faith is you. And God is able to go around somebody, through somebody, on top of somebody, or change somebody. But he's not limited by the somebody in front of us. So you start going, Lord, are you going to do it? This is the same thing we pray for our government, same way we pray for our leaders, same way we pray for our business, same way you pray for your boss. You just start going, I don't really have to determine what you're doing, where you're going, and what you're doing. You're going to have to do what God wants done, and all I want done is what God wants done. And I'm no longer telling God what to do. I'm just letting God do what he wants to do. And I know it's good, and I'm pulling. We're going to have a moment. Shabbat. Tell the Lord, please tell the Lord. You might not. Moms, I'm going to send you home real quick, but please just tell the Lord. You want your kids back serving on God? 
You want your finances to work? You want to get back into employment? You want to have peace of mind? Do you want to come out of depression? Do you want to come out of sickness and disease? Do you want to quit feeling like life is closing in on you? You want to have a robust praise life? You want to come alive in faith? You want to have visions? You want to have dreams? Tell them! Make it, make it, there's a, there's a point. I started laughing. Because in the prayer room, Becky Ferris leads, gives a vision that she had seen earlier before I got in there. And she saw this massive water balloon, like inside the sanctuary, but like from wall to wall, through the entire building. And it's bulging with water, just like bulging, like, you know, any moment it could break. <laughs> and she said, Lord, when are you going to break that? And he said, when are you going to break it? Now, we don't know what we're talking. She, uh, he, he said, no, no, I, I can't break it. When, when are you going to break it? No, no, when are you going to break it? And then the Lord gives her a pin. So this is inside the prayer intercession before service. And he says, he began to say, I'm giving my people pins to break open the blessings that are over their lives. But they don't recognize the pen as a help. They have specifics they want. Healing, this. When all they need to do is pop the balloon, the water comes out freely, the waters of life begin to break. So being in the midst of these prophetic intercessors, next thing you know, I'm getting a, uh, what do you call this? A crochage pinned on me. And I'm, I'm, I'm letting Jamie know, I said, uh, please, I am not the balloon you need to pop, all right? But she pins it on me. And so I'm going, you know, I, I, let's go. So I was looking for my, my corsage, and it's gone, but I found that the pin's still here. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to pop the balloon. And the Commander-in-Chief, Jesus, Lord of Hosts, is going to pour out His Spirit out of that water balloon of reservoir and bring forth miracles and His help and His signs and His wonders, not just in the sanctuary, but every place prayer has gone for everyone we've prayed for, everyone at home online. And once I do that, then we'll let praise begin. But Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, having seen what I saw in the waking hours this morning. I acknowledge the Commander-in-Chief is in this room to unlock, to bring forth, to heal, save, and deliver. Lord, I submit to that vision as a true vision of God, that when you have something built up, we, we are the ones that become hand in your hand our hand inside your hand, and we go forth in simple obedience. So in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus the Christ, I place this pin, break open that balloon of blessing, of water, of spirit, of miracles, in Jesus' name! Whoa! Praise you! <laughs> All right, start receiving, start receiving, start receiving. I'm receiving. <laughs>
You've got an audience with the king right now. Don't, don't, don't wait for someone else to talk for you. Talk for yourself. Lord, I receive you right now. Your hand is stretched forth. Miracles are coming into my house. Miracles are coming to my bank account. Miracles are coming. Start talking and receiving and receiving and receiving. It's the voice of the Lord. At the command of the Lord, we move. It's time to leave the season we've been in. We're going to a new place. It's time for the new thing. Praise you. Praise you. Go ahead. We, we have permission to be loud, permission to speak up, permission to declare to the Lord his ability. Whoa, shadabana. send everyone on. I know mom's there's events planned. I want us to all have the freedom. First off, Father in heaven, I am so grateful that you brought forth family. And on earth, you gave us fathers and mothers. And mothers mean a lot to Jesus. Lord God, we have left let go of our grief, our failure, let go of excuses from anyone else and ourselves included to not press to the other side. And we receive the reward. We don't know fully how these things will manifest, but we've received a reward. We've launched into a new journey. Things have changed. Ha ha. Shibaba. Whoa. So I want to bless everyone. God's cloud is moving. His fire is moving, and we're to follow him in the new thing. We have to up, take up our tents. For some, that may take longer to dismantle the habitation we've been living in for so long. But the Lord says, it's time to move with me. It's time to go forward into what I'm doing. I've changed the season. I've paid the price. I've undone the problem. I am the solution. My son is enough. So, Lord... Let us go pack up and move on. The cloud's moving. You'll give us time to pack up and get ourselves in order and move on. And move on. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Blessing. Love you.